Gentlemen, this is Democracy Manifest. Excuse me, Mrs. Brinks? Yes, Nanette? Are you waiting to receive my limp podcast? Three, two, one, go. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know why. I have I have no idea why your clap sinks. Like, can you hear like a nice clap when I do mine? Yeah. Yeah, your yours sounds like you like a cow shitting. Mine. Isn't one of you's? Mine sounds like this. You do your clap, Jaden. Yeah, Jaden's the one that sounds like a clap. <laughs> fucking cow shitting. Okay then. <laughs> I don't know why. It's just uh but it is as long as it peers up on the uh, recordings then we're fine. I I guess. I can I can work with this. I can, I think I can work with this. Okay, you Anywho, you know you're not the loved one in your family when your girlfriend is friends with more of your family members than you are on Facebook. Wait, what? <laughs> my girlfriend is friends with more of my own family members than I am on Facebook. That's I don't know if that's concerning or if that's just natural knowing you. I'm not sure. I, I already phased out of everything Alex said. <laughs> I think it's more just knowing me. Just knowing you. It's like, man, fuck that family member. <laughs> yeah, pretty much, yeah. Is, is that your girlfriend's like, or a suggestion what's so, or... What's so bad about Uncle Fester? Fuck him. <laughs> fuck Uncle Fester. Anywho... Welcome, hello world. This is me. Life should be ooh ooh yeah, fun for everyone. Yeah, I just realised that introduction that I made for the podcast follows the theme for the Saddle Club. Gosh, I was about to ask, isn't that that fucking theme song to that show about <laughs> girls riding horses? Yeah, hello world. Yeah. Hello world. This is me. Fuck. I, the fact that I watched that show when I was young. Makes me question my sexuality. I mean, does it? I'm like, man, I was really into the Saddle Club, and all it was was like fucking kid hijink shenanigans with horses. So, and but it was it was all about girls, and I was I wasn't interested in like the girls. I was like, oh man, that's some fucking shenanigans that they're up to today. Like, there's even like. Does anyone know about, like, the children's show, which is focused around an actual fucking mermaid? Is a kid who can transform into a mermaid and, like, hijinks ensues because the fact that they can transform into a mermaid? I I know of there are... Oh, fuck, no. Of, is it H2O, Just Add Water? Is what you're thinking yes! about? Yes! Yes! Yeah, what? I know that, that fucking piece of shit! <laughs> H2O, Just Add Water! Yeah. Oh that's my it. god! The fact that you know that name puts a smile on my face because I'm not the only one. I'm not fucking making this shit up. It's actually a show about like a mermaid kid, and hijinks ensues. Mm. Jesus Christ! I was telling you. Getting... I was telling you about it in the uh, Devil May Cry uh, playthrough that we're recording at the moment about that one fucking animated show that was. Um, all about like the, where the main hero just cross dresses. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, that's fucking... It's called. It's called fucking Shizow. 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 I gotta, 
Let me just quickly Google this while I do introductions. Hello, I'll be your host. My name is Chris, and to my right, I have... Me, Alex. And to my right, we have... Jaden, the important one. The important one. The important that's, that's one. That's quite a title to put on yourself, because if you you know you now have a reputation to live yeah, up to. Yeah, but see, see, the difference is you already had a title as the introducer and, like, the host. And so mm-hmm. the important one had to be either me or Alex. Yeah, so I'll let you take that one. <laughs> See? Yeah. See, what we can do is we can call you the important one, and we can call me the imported one. Imported. <laughs> yeah, just your life was a drag and drop from folder to folder. <laughs> Out of your mum's womb folder into the life folder. <laughs> Pretty much. Just drag and drops the imported one. <laughs> yeah, that's grand. So how do you spell this name for the show? she Owl. she Zow. As in she's owl. No, she Zhao. Like S H E is it Z or Z you say over here? O W. She's owl. Yeah, she's owl. There what it is. What the Even fuck written. is that? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's, it's literally like a like a fucking before and after that says guy. Then she's owl. Yeah. <laughs> this is bad for the internet community. This is bad for everyone. Oh, I could put my phone on silent. No, like, <coughs> in the sense of, like... Oh, oh Jesus. See, my I bad. can't put my phone on silent because I don't know where my phone is. Yeah, but that's also negative because if you can't put it on silent, then you may still hear it. Mm. But, like, the internet are going to have a field day drawing the most lewd shit there is of this. Look, I ain't like, going to go look at traps, it. Traps are not immortalized enough on the internet. They need more fucking cannon fodder. Hang on, I need to find out if this... If this character is actually real. I think it's fake. It looks what? real, but I think it's fake. There's a character in the show Shizau called Dude Pow. Dude Pow? Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a fan-made character, but it's coming up a lot. Um, as I search through stuff. And, like, the screens look like they're lifted from episodes... But at the same time, I can't tell if they're real or fake. And I'm really I concerned. Found, I just found this article said she Zhao Ben's gender arranges enrages one million mums. With the quote, She Zhao is an idea that started for me when I was a kid. Beginning at age five, I dreamed of making my own TV show about somebody with a magic secret. Magic yeah, secret is she's, she's got, got a, penis. a penis. That's the secret. <laughs> but yeah, it's fucking fantastic uh, when was this show made I do not know but it looks like a heap of shit the animation styles reminds me of like uh, it reminds me of just like <laughs> like ABC material I'm not talking Saturday morning cartoons I'm talking ABC morning cartoons yeah this is on ABC mornings well, that, fucking that's where there I saw we it. go. That's where I saw it. And it was it was the exact episode of this guy who's like covered in tattoos, but his tattoos jump off him and turn into animals. And I'm like, that's such a cool oh, concept. Yeah. Just like in <laughs> Devil May Cry 5. Yeah. It like, it's, it's such a cool concept, but it's so fucking wasted in this show. <laughs> because Is it bad that I can classify instantly the quality of anime by going, it's not Saturday morning cartoons, it's ABC morning cartoons. <laughs> oh, yeah. 
Because you Saturday morning cartoons are like Dragon Ball Z, Yu-Gi-Oh, um, like Recess, shit like that. And then your ABC stuff is like... She's out. She's out, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if if no one listening to this knows what it is, just go to Google and just write She's out, spelled S-H-E-Z-O-W. And you'll find a massive amount of pictures of mainly from the show well, basically, but scrolling it's down in google a image no, it's not going to put you on a watch list no oh my god is that is that a thing what is what a thing oh my god they have like a kim possible thing so you know how kim possible has it like that green lady as a counter counter an antagonist to what uh kim possible i'm 90 percent sure that that's Fan. No, I think it's I actually know in the what show. you're talking okay. about vaguely. Yeah, she's like a green martial, like a green lady who's Shigo. a martial artist. Her hmm? name is Shigo. Kim Possible's one is is called Shigo. Well, guess what? Shizou has the exact same, and her name is Shizap. Okay, yeah, all right. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna pump the brakes on this right now. Uh, we're supposed to be a gaming podcast, but here we are talking about fucking ABC. You started this, Alex. I'm ninety percent sure you. Started yeah, you started. This. I, I did start this. Already I did. Start you gotta this. own it. You have to own it. I'm owning this. All right. I'm. St- I started it. I'm sorry. Well, that's good because I was pretty sure I was right, but I'd already forgotten the start of the conversation. So yes. I was just kind of so, guessing. We're nine and a half minutes in. Let's fucking let's go to it. Alex, how was your week? Uh, my week was pretty, actually, generic. It was it was like every other week. I rolled the gacha. Uh, I got some waifus. I've been leveling some waifus. <coughs> I pre-ordered Indivisibles on Steam because that's now out on Steam. So yeah, I've got the demo. We have to do a quick look of that because that looks actually look pretty cool. Uh, I've been hitting up Warframe, getting through the dailies on Warframe, and I'm recently starting my second uh socially unacceptable crack addiction which is uh warhammer 40k miniatures oh yeah that's right you you were buying them you was it you or your girlfriend that's going into the necrons my girlfriend's going into the necrons i'm going into the blood angels uh, why would you do that the most it's the most generic fucking like it's you're not thinking the, of the post marines it's the poster boys you're thinking it's of the, the poster ultra boys marines no, I'm thinking of Space Marines in general. Yeah, but the Ultramarines are the poster boy Space Marines. I want the fucking yeah, but like, Blood Angels. The Necrons are cool because they're fucking like undead fucking zombified machines who got tricked by some sort of like electric god to give their souls up. And then they're like, oh, we got fucking played. We got played so hard. Yeah, but I'm just like, here for yeah, the give up your humanity. souls for the mechanical, for like immortality and a mechanical afterlife, yada yada yada. And they're like, "Fuck, we got played," and then they just basically buried themselves for centuries. You missed the parts where they killed the gods that did that to them. Oh yeah, they yeah. They, they killed the gods I mean, and then they went to the fucking right, that, internal that's slumber. That's the short and mostly kind of accurate version, so it's close enough, and we're not changing. Yep, pretty much. And then Space Marines are you like, are, you are we technically are, correct. We are fucking Space Hitler. What? Is it a Space Marines? Like, fucking anything that's not a Space Marine should be purged. No, anything that's not human should be purged. Yeah, so they're, they're fucking... Zeta- is xenophobic the right term? Yes, is it is, is it because, like, everything else in the fucking Warhammer 40k universe is going to do the exact same thing to them? 
Except the town. Uh, so it's space oh, xenophobia except, yeah, because xenophobics is like just a dislike of people from other countries. So like dislike of people from other fucking planets. That makes sense. It's it's the most literal form of racism because if you're not mm. the race of human, we're going to kill you. You're going to purge you. But, no, but at least they do it for the greater good to get like, rid of the Tyranids. Hey, yeah. the Imperial though, Guard... This... I mean, to be mm. fair, the Imperial Guard, the mainstay of the humans, are living proof... That the Russians won, because when there that is, is a because yes. when there is a legitimate tactic and ability you have on your commissars to re-roll a failed leadership test by executing one of your troops. Yes, <laughs> they, they did that in uh, Dawn of War, forty um, k, where one of your guys can execute like one of the soldiers in your squad to boost the morale. Yeah, commissars, mm. and it's do that such in, a good ability as well. Because yeah. Imperial Guards have, like, the most cannon fodder fucking units. In, in with, Battlefleet like, the lowest Gothic morale. Armada, when, um, when you suspect someone on your ship is starting to mutiny, you can execute them. <laughs> really? Yeah. Well, How I don't trust you anymore. <laughs> is that game played as, like, an RTS? It's like an RTS, but you bring an army to fight with. You don't, um... Like, you, you assemble an army beforehand, and then you just fight with the troops that you have in your <coughs> army. Okay. Which just a happens bit, to be giant fucking ships. A bit like the Total War battles without yeah. the oh, rest okay. of so the It's, that, it's um, strictly just the battles. It's yeah, not um, without the, rest it's not of the campaign combined. stuff. Not the politics and shit behind it. No. It's just strictly uh, just battles. Like, the, there's a, is a campaign mode that has sort of that Total War um, campaign aspect to it, but the main multiplayer is just... <laughs> battles alright so I'm gonna have to look into that but yeah other than that what have you been up to uh, other than your fucking collection of plastic dolls yeah no, well I'm, start, I'm starting to collect the plastic dolls well have you I started get good yet uh, I have not I have the two in my cart because my girlfriend's like oh I really want to buy some tonight and I really want to I'm gonna buy them online and then when they get here we're gonna assemble them and then she's going to spend about, like, $300 on paints and painting supplies and all that other shit so we can so, paint them. Sounds about right. Pretty much, like, this, this is how you play Warhammer 40k, is you spend, like, so, six hours painting it and then two hours painting it. So, technically, your girlfriend is your Warhammer sugar mama. Yeah. She's pretty much my sugar mama for everything because, you know, no one wants to give me a job. Your girlfriend is the best Warhammer sugar mama. That sounds like a fucking Space Marine title, Sugar Mother. <laughs> Sugar Mother. You're, oh, fuck me, yeah. So, when do those pieces... Oh, has she bought them yet, or are they just sitting in the cart? They're sitting in the cart. Like, in between the fucking recording of the podcast and the next game, I'm going to call her back in here, and we're going to we're gonna finalise the purchase. Uh, together. Together. Like, all good relationships. Yeah. Let's spend a she's whole like, bunch of money on plastic. Because, oh, like, she's been so aggro about getting, like, a couple's hobby. She's like, like, all other couples have hobbies. Why don't we have a hobby? I'm like, we do have a hobby. We play games together. We have sex together. It's like... What? Sex is not a hobby, though. It is for them. <laughs> it is for us. It absolutely is. <laughs> Yeah, right. so she's like, I want to get like a real hobby. And I'm like, do you want to collect fucking plastic dolls and paint them? And she's like, you know what? I've got an entire art room. Let's fucking do it. And I'm like, all right, we're doing it. Just, just imagine that. It's like sex is a hobby. And then like halfway during, it's like, all right, now we allocate this time for dolls. 
Yeah. <laughs> now we paint dolls. Yeah. That's that's it. That's how you work. To- that's how you work hobbies. You're Grand. actually halfway through, and then the timer goes and go, ding, shit, we need to stop now. Oh, the we paint's got, dry. The paint's We've dry. got to put the new coat on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but oh. we got to do it now, otherwise it's not going to look as good. Yeah, exactly. There's a specific time, so just stay there, and I'll get the key to the handcuffs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Lost the key. Don't worry. Just put the paintbrush in my hand. I'll work from here. <laughs> All right. So is that your week done? Uh, that's pretty much my week done. Alright, Jaden, how about your week? How's that going? Um huh. Beautiful. What have I done this week? Uh so I modded the shit out of Fallout. Uninstalled yeah, it. Uh Fallout 4. Uninstalled okay. it in all the mods. Changed to the old mod manager I was using, because the one I happened to be using at the time I fucking hated. Mm. Remodded Fallout 4 again. And then just started playing it, and it's not crashing anymore. It's actually working perfectly. So what was the old mod manager used? Uh, Vortex, the official one from Nexus Mods. And I'm like, no, give me the old one back. Uh, there was an old one? Yes. Yeah, so I, I thought the Nexus Mods was the the main mod, like yeah, the only so mod manager ne- for it. Ne- the Nexus, or Nexus Mods, is a website with all the mods and stuff. And then they have a mod manager, and their official mod manager used to be the nexus mod manager and then they discontinued that and did their new one vortex i fucking hate vortex but mod manager is still a community operated so you can still go and get it so i went back and grabbed that one um yeah so remodded all of that and just started playing it again other than that what have i done I've been playing some Dragon Ball Fighters again. Last time I was playing, well, not the last time, the time before, I was playing with Alex and like, hey, uh, he needed to go. I'm like, ah, oh, you'll be back in half an hour. Maybe you'll want to play again. Maybe not. I'll just jump on some casual matches. Ended up getting matched up with a guy named Raptor who got second in the biggest tournament in Australia this year. Mm. So that happened. I lost <laughs> repeatedly, but it was a lot of fun. <laughs> Especially because he uses my main character, so and I'm in his Discord, so I can actually learn some shit from him. Okay. So you're basically just riding on that uh, DBZ train. Have you seen much of the new Guilty Gear stuff that came out? Was it Guilty Gear? Uh, I, I haven't seen. Gear. I haven't seen much of the. Oh, I heard the announcement for the new Guilty Gear because that's Arc Systems' next game, right? Yes, yep. well, and no, it they're looks... Doing, they're doing Grand Blue Fantasy Versus sometime later this year. Mm. And then they're doing the new Guilty Gear after that. <coughs> Jesus. So yeah, like, um... Looking at the trailer for the new Guilty Gear, it's so fucking pretty. Holy shit. Well, Arc like... System Works, it's one of the things they're best at is visuals for 2D fighters. For, like, anime 2D fighters, specifically. Mm. Uh, well, it's the, that's the thing though. It's changed to a new 3D style, just like Dragon Ball Z, but it's just so fluid and so beautiful looking. Well, the same way like, they did you... they did Dragon Ball Fighters. They made they built out 3D models for it, but then all the techniques they used for animating it and lighting it were all 2D animation techniques, or mostly, which is why they yeah. look like the sprites from the. 
shows and stuff. I mean, to be honest, I think a lot of the characters look better in the game than they do in the anime. The, yeah, that's not hard, yeah. especially with Dragon Ball Super being a fucking train wreck that it is. Not getting involved in that. I haven't actually seen it other than a few clips. Um, Come on, ev- everyone's yeah. seen the one part where Goku has six fingers. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, other than that, my week's been, what, I'm going out to... I'm actually leaving the house again for another movie night tomorrow. Leaving the house. But other than that, my day has been... my I've I've been watching... I've watched like three episodes of JoJo and like 12 hours of competitive Mortal Kombat 11 and Dragon Ball Fighters. So, let's talk about that for a second. What are you up to in JoJo? Episode 7. <laughs> so... Pretty much you're at the end of the first story arc, from what I gathered. I'm about halfway through season one, I believe. Is it a 13-episode season? Uh, So, like, season one is, like, 30 episodes, but there's two story arcs in season one. Right, so yes, that makes sense. I'd be about halfway through. I just got past... Do you remember it? How much do you remember? uh, A fair bit. Um... I just got past... The episode I finished on was the cliffhanger just before... Who was it? Tarkus and Jojo's chain match in that... Oh, um, yeah, the big... Uh, yeah, the axe-wielding guy, I think. Yeah. yeah. Wait, did he have the fight with that swordsman yet? The hair swordsman, yes. Yeah. Yeah, all right. So, yeah, you're basically near the end because after that guy, he meets up with Dior. And... Oh man, I'm a I'm a big fucking fan of JoJo. I love JoJo so much. I'm aware. But like um, yes. I mean, and you're single-handedly you guys the seen... reason why I started watching it. Because you know how you get me to watch shows. Yeah, mm-hmm. every time you talk to me, you tell me about it every single fucking time for three months, Alex. Hey, what have so, you done, Alex? Well, the first animated show I watched was Ruby. I I'm watched sorry. that because. <laughs> Alex, every... I So I met Alex by going to uni with him. He told me to mm-hmm. watch it. We went to uni together four days a week. He told... Every day we were at uni, he told me to watch it at least once. Why would for you do that? Two and this a was, half this was months, back. No, for two and a half months before he came in with a USB going, this is the first and second seasons, fucking watch it. And I'm like, okay, it's even funnier because Alex fucking hates the show now. That was back yeah, but does when that, the show. Does had, that like, mean the show got bad, or was that just Alex hadn't opened his eyes? No, the show I... got bad. Show bad. The show go bad. Show go bad. Thus, USB expire. <laughs> that's yeah. that's the main thing I'm getting when, from this. Like, yeah. hey, watch this. Oh no, the show went bad. Yeah, because when Ruby first came out. Well, to, it put, was to put it this way, so bargain it's currently basement. at the end of season six, and when Alex showed it to me, season three hadn't been announced. Mm. Yeah. So it was just the first two. Yeah, so season... I, I like, the show was progressively getting better through seasons one, two, and three. It was getting... Mm. Like, you could actually see that Rooster <coughs> was putting time and effort and care into this because it was being spearheaded by Monty Ohm. 
and you could actually see and because it was his baby and his passion project he was making sure that everything was like you know sort of progressing along nicely and going like you know well it was improving like because it was it was a baseless show that had limitless potential and monty was trying to grow and expand that potential it doesn't help that at the end of season three monty fucking died and the only two idiots who left to take it over can't write themselves out of a paper bag so basically the show writers of the final season of game of thrones yeah literally that except imagine more general incompetence see i could never get into ruby like i watched the only thing i saw ruby that i had interest in was like the proof of concept with uh the red chick fighting off all those werewolves with like a scythe sniper yeah i'm like that's fucking cool and i watched the first couple episodes of ruby and went oh okay yeah so like uh it's basically the plot to get to the next fight is what i gathered yeah well funnily enough that's actually what i kind of watch it for now is the visual and mechanical designs of characters and weapons Mm. more than anything else um when those visual mechanical designs fall flat in one of my Table uh, tabletop roleplay campaigns. Uh, I'm playing a character with a class that's well. The character is somewhere between Ruby using mm. the the percussion weapon to be able to um you know use the recoil to bounce around and having a combined weapon and stuff like that. A combination yeah. of that and archer from unlimited blade works fate stay night that can like summon weapons and shit you mm-hmm. have to be a little bit more specific with the archer from unlimited blade works there's two of them doesn't matter they can both summon shit technically yes ba- so basically that just sounds like bad do, design though do a little bit of combining those two concepts I just make the mm-hmm. character a batshit crazy engineer. Okay. And that's basically what I'm playing. In your in your D and D. Yes. In in your D and D. Uh, in the last session, it was great. So one of our. This also happened last Saturday. Yeah. One of our characters is basically a shaman, and she's got these spirit guides slash friends that she can summon in temporarily to help us. Um. We've got like a, a mermaid with some water bending abilities and a demon that's basically the embodiment of greed, or somewhere between greed and gluttony and sloth, hungry and lazy all the fucking time. Perfect. Um, <clears throat> and then there's Lemba, who is a talking sword. A talking sword. Yep. Now, yep. so we, Anubis from JoJo. Now we got—I don't know—I haven't seen it yet. You'll find it soon. So we got. The thing is, we found out where they were actually staying. So we went and met them, and went, "Hey, well, Lemba, because you're stuck being a sword, do you want to come around with us and travel?" Um, which kind of screwed with the DM's idea because the idea was that it wasn't guaranteed who we're going to summon and they only last for 10 minutes. But now because we've got the real Lemba with us, it lasts forever. And this thing's like a plus three to attack rolls, damage rolls, uh, defense, 
bonus strength and dexterity can transform into any weapon I'm proficient in. Because of the backstory of my character in the world, I was cryo-frozen from 2050, so weapons I'm proficient in includes rotary grenade launchers, flamethrowers, <laughs> miniguns. <laughs> These don't use ammo or need how reloading. You, how do you deal with the damage stat of a minigun? Um, the damage stat of a minigun is everyone in a 15-foot area needs to make a dexterity save or get hit. So even friendly? Yes, you just don't aim at friendlies. That's what everyone means. Shit. So that that, that like was a that was a, a lot of fun. And a curse. That's that's been a lot of fun though, because exactly like I said, we've got some guns, mm -hmm. but they're kind of World War late World War One level of guns in the world, and then I'm running around with that thing. <laughs> you know, you know, think things like an RPG that doesn't take, doesn't need to reload, so I can fire two or three times a, a turn. Hmm. Just that's just that by itself. But yes, that's been very enjoyable. So that's your week. That's that's my week. All right. So my week pretty much just consists of one thing and one thing only, and that's like surrounding myself in devil may cry so i've been going back playing like the original devil may cry series uh me and alex are doing devil may cry 5 i'm playing devil may cry 4 as well like i just cannot get enough of that series like i i honestly thought that resident evil the resident evil 2 remake would be my game of the year i i after thinking about like how I feel towards Devil May Cry 5 and Resident Evil 2. As much as I love Resident Evil 2, like, I get emotionally hyped around Devil May Cry. Like, I was... I think I was talking to Alex about this the other day, but I was literally watching a, just a video of um, just Nero's mechanics, like, just about his exceed mechanic, which is basically if you swing your sword... Uh, if you use the exceed mechanic. So Nero has a sword which he revs like a motherfucking motorbike. He has like a motorbike engine attached to the sword. And if you rev up your sword, you have three levels of extra damage. So you rev up, you get the first level of damage, which is, okay, it's cool. Uh, is, you rev up to the second one. Is there any disadvantage for doing that other than, like, is there no. a time limit or is it? do you need to get out of combat to do the animation to be no. able to do so, it? So the there's there's only benefits from using the exceed mechanic. It's not like incredibly noticeable. I mean like it you can notice it in two ways, but it's not like apparent. So obviously you do more damage, but you don't do like a significant more damage. So I think like a hundred and four like just a regular swing would do like a hundred and forty damage with like exceed. Uh, attached that it becomes like 160 to 180 damage so it's not like a huge jump but it's enough and it's pretty much if you can master mechanic in which if you swing your sword and you rev the the exceed <coughs> the second the sword touches the enemy you can get free stacks of exceed instantly okay so it's like but, a it's kind of like the reverse of a timed parry if if you time the strike and the buff at the same time, to get 
max act, which is like all three ex- levels of exceed, it is literally like little frame differences. Like I'm talking one or two frame thing of getting it perfectly. So like usually when you get it, like get the hit, you could probably get one level of exceed pretty easily. Um, but getting the max act, which is all three levels of exceed, uh, is very window. incredibly tiny. Like I still can't do it perfectly, but I do get it every now and then, as like, you can see on the playthrough. How small do you uh, how small do you reckon it is? Because I know that I'm talking literal like two to three frames. Like the exceed has to you have to rev exceed pretty much the the frame the sword touches the enemy yeah like 10 there's like a i'll say a leeway of about 10 to 15 frames uh before and after to get level one exceed but to get that max exceed it's like literal like couple of frames you can do it in and trying to master that is pretty fucking hard but if you play enough of it then you could probably get a timing down like for me, getting a getting an eye, like trying to see when the sword hits it, is a lot difficult than just having like a timed reference in my head of when I press this button, I need to hit the exceed at like this shortly afterwards. Because obviously with different enemies, <coughs> they have different body sizes, which means the sword like if they're a bigger enemy, the sword will hit them quicker. Yeah. Than hitting a smaller enemy but if you maintain a certain distance you can negate that difference but i'm digressing but like i was watching how people like try and time that mechanic and i was getting so hyped i couldn't sleep like i'm sitting there going oh man i want to do this in Dev May cry right now but i can't do it just yet because i'm doing a new playthrough i basically was like got rid of my old save and started fresh for the playthrough. Like I have my save saved somewhere because that's like 40, 50 hours of like game. I don't want to throw away, but if you just move your save file out, the game just starts fresh, which I didn't want to play the game from my save file from the beginning because it, it feels like it makes it so much of a cakewalk. Yeah. It really does. there's, There's a bit of a new game plus thing going on. Yeah. So I want to start completely from scratch. So like no new abilities, none of that sort of stuff. And the amazing thing about this is in Devil May Cry, so you have three characters you can play as. You can play as Nero, which was a character introduced in Devil May Cry 4, Dante being the mainstay of the series, and uh, V, who is the new character specific for Devil May Cry 5. Nero's exact moveset from Devil May Cry 4 is completely moved over to Devil May Cry 5. The exact buttons, the exact um, abilities, everything. Like, if you mastered Nero in Devil May Cry 4, you pretty much know how to play Nero in Devil May Cry 5 because the moves are the exact same stuff. And it's it's one of those situations where, like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And it's like, we've we've perfected Nero. So we're just going to do it again. We're just going to like transport this moveset over to Devil May Cry 5 and it works so beautifully especially because it's using the RE engine it just looks gorgeous like obviously 
uh, Devil May Cry 4 had this sort of anime, car, or what's that, cartoony, but obviously like video gamey uh, look to it. Where Devil May Cry 5, using the RE engine with its, uh, fo- I would say, photorealistic stuff to a degree. Like, what's the term when they basically take photographs of things like take photographs of like i'd say a lunchbox and then they import that photograph lunchbox as a texture into the engine well it's exactly that photographic textures yeah i would say that but like yeah it's so good uh it feels amazing to play like as i said like playing devil may cry is devil may cry 5 is like one of the most funnest experiences i had all year and i don't think anything coming out this year like doom eternal and uh, Death Stranding, I don't think would top that. I honestly don't think either of those two games I'm looking forward to will top the the emotions and the, the fucking cool-ass feelings you get from playing Devil May Cry. Well, I, I can totally see that. Like, I'm really keen on those two games as well, but they're not going to be the level of enjoyment that I had with Sekiro that I played that game for six days straight and got yeah. all four endings in six days. Yeah, exactly. And it's like during your playthrough, so you can much see fucking you just fun. having so much having fun, like having so much fun playing it. And it was like, except for like the fucking, what was that demon ass boss we fought? The demon the at the end. The demon of rage. Yeah. But even that, <laughs> then, it's still fun. Yeah. It's like Demo Cry 5. I, I can't see, as much as I'm hyped for both Doom Eternal and Death Stranding, I don't see them being more of an enjoyable experience than Devil May Cry 5 has for me. And, like, even... Like, I I was hyped for Devil May Cry 5 because uh, we got left on a bit of a sour note <coughs> with DMC Devil May Cry. A bit of a sour note. A bit of a sour note. Like, there's so much shit in that game that I'm just like why what's going on and like looking at like the the games journalists around that game saying like oh it's just dmc crybabies or like literally some guy wrote an article was basically saying oh the devil may cry fan base is notorious for destroying their own series i'm like <laughs> what, what fucking what show me where oh you guys hate dmc devil may cry it's like yeah but where are we notorious for destroying our own series? Oh, fucking, you just hate DMC because Dante's... No, even some people, like, it's a sign... Legit, some author had the motherfucking audacity to say that the new Dante in DMC Devil May Cry is scientifically better than the old one. Scientifically better it's a scientific fact. I'm sitting there going, what the Wait, fuck? So, so De- Devil- DMC Devil May Cry, the one everyone hated, was scientifically better. That's the words they... That is the <laughs> that is the actual words he used. I'm going to see if I can actually have a quick look here. But, like, the guy is just like, yeah, scientifically better. So, Dante, DMC, scientifically better, man. Oh, Dante. But, yeah, it's like... Oh my god. 
DMC's new Dante is blatantly better than the old Dante, proving superiority through science. Oh, that's... I'm going to put this article in the fucking thing just so you guys can have a look at that. The reality... The the fucking line on it. The reality is this. The new Dante is blatantly better than the old Dante. If you disagree, you're fighting science. Okay. I kind of I kind of feel this is a mock article. I I please It it is. Character That's a joke. D- okay, yeah. Okay. The second so, fight? <laughs> I see it. The stats don't lie nor do I. DMC is blatantly better than AMD may cry. The new Dante is the best video game character ever. If you disagree, you're a dog fucker. <laughs> okay, so this is a fucking <laughs> joke. <laughs> Okay. I, I I fail to see the fucking oh, of segment, it's a joke. segment segment of the article. I let him fist me. <laughs> no, no, my fa- oh, of my favorite one was Look this... who it's written by Jim Sterling. Fuck! <laughs> I got played. You got fucking played. I got motherfucking played. My my favorite one was um. The second one, that he was designed by a Western developer. Japanese game studios can't make video games. And I'll just... I'll, <laughs> I'll just skip over the next part. Fish. I'm, I'm sick of the of the anime crap found in games like Super Mario Bros. and Silent Hill with all the spiky hair, pretentious prattling about love and flashy bright backgrounds. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking... Here I am thinking like getting actually angry about this getting actually angry and it's written by jim sterling that makes me feel better at least he understands because i saw the article because you and i I read it and like for some reason it's like is someone that fucking thick nah (laughs) it can't be that thick you look thick i'm like fuck man like blind rage that's why you got to fact check your shit, ladies and gentlemen. Otherwise, <laughs> you get called out like this. You get called out Otherwise, like I you do. just look like a dickhead. But yeah, yeah like, Devil May Cry 5 is such a fantastic game. Like, I, I kind of fail to see anything really wrong with the game. Like, the only sort of things I can go I didn't like about DMC5, I feel is kind of like nitpicking. Like, things like Dante's musical theme sounds like fucking dog shit. And, but then again, like, even then in the previous um, Devil May Cries, the songs weren't the best lyric-wise, but at least they were, like, fairly decent musical tracks. Like, I showed Alex, so the track is called Subhuman, and -hmm. it was sung by an accused pedophile. And, um, yeah, they just straight up, sounds terrible from like the the vocal sense and the musical sense and that's like i showed it to alex and we were just cringing about it it was like wow we can't actually stand this shit we actually had to stop watching it it was that bad and like capcom as said like the singer of suicide silence is an accused pedophile like he went to court about sexual harassment for some 16-year-old. Like, he was sexually assaulted, a 16-year-old or some shit like that. Yeah. So Capcom like, oh, shit, um, let's just remove that. Remove his vocals. We have nothing to do with him. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so they just got... cut the vocals completely. They're like, nope, okay. I, no, they didn't cut the vocals completely. They just got a new singer to do it. 
So it's the same song by Suicide Silence, just with a different singer. So I'm like, okay, that's uh, that's interesting. I said, like, it's sort of like that sort of nitpicky stuff. The only thing, the only other thing I can say from story-wise of Devil May Cry is it's not so much new people friendly from a story aspect. Like, the game, the game, as me and Alex found out, is quite forgiving with new players. And, but the story really kind of relies on... Like, knowing you knowing the games. history of Devil May Cry. Yeah. So, like, there's characters in the game which I'm going to be marking the fuck out over, and Alex is going to be like, okay, he might get a contact high, I'm not too sure, but, uh, like, I'm going to be losing my shit because every single time I get to these things, it's like, fuck, yes, fucking, oh, fuck, yeah, sort of shit. But Alex is not going to know much. I did give Alex the, uh, rundown video that they have called the history of dmc which is fucking hilarious to a degree because uh in dmc history uh dev may cry 2 is like the black sheep no one likes because it was just such a departure of what dmc what made the first dev may cry really good and Mm. nobody likes it like i don't know anyone who genuinely likes dev may cry 2 it is one of those games where it's not a so bad it's a good game. It's just blatantly boring. It, it, it's so yeah, that's the thing. It's it's better to be a two out of three, one of those so bad that people pick it up just because it's so bad, than to be like mm. a five. Because if you're right there in the mediocre kind of, everyone's just gonna go. It's the worst eh. part because like it's either you have three aspects of where you can sort of sit. It's either you're on the so bad it's good aspect or holy shit this is amazing but being in that middle ground of like you know your fours and fives where it's like okay this is not good nor bad it's just not fun yeah dmc sits on the bottom of the scale but still not fun (laughs) so like it's sitting at like a two or three it's like it's in the not it's in the so bad it's good thing but they've ruined the parts that could possibly get it back to that good part yeah, but, like, in the history, like, was when I showed Alex the history of the DMC video, they went over Dev May Cry 3, Dev May Cry 4, 2... No, Dev May Cry 3, then Dev May Cry 1, then the anime, and then they literally get to Dev May Cry 2. So they go, oh, this is what happened in Dev May Cry 3. This is what happened in Dev May Cry 1. And then when it came to Dev May Cry 2, it was literally, oh... Dante Dante proved he was more powerful than Mundus. All was well with the world, and it's gone. That's it. <laughs> like, no story importance whatsoever. Well, in Devil May Cry 3, it's like Dante did this, and this happened. Devil May Cry 1, Dante did this, and this, and this, and happened. Even the anime. The anime, which only had like six episodes, like six 20-minute episodes or something like that, got more screen time than the entirety of Devil May Cry 2. <laughs> That seems important. That's, and I'm like, I was t- telling Alex, like, I don't, like, from what I've seen, there is no, Demo Cry 5 is like a smorgasbord of references. So you get everything from every little part of Demo Cry in Demo Cry 5. But I had not seen a single reference to Demo Cry 2 until I fucking went digging. I went <laughs> digging 
and there was two very subtle, not even like, like if you hadn't played, like even if you played Devil May Cry 2, you probably wouldn't have noticed it. But one of the references they made in Devil May Cry 5 to Devil May Cry 2 was uh, a map with a dagger in it. To which it references one scene where Lucia from Devil May Cry 2 throws a dagger at a map and it lands on like South America. So you see this map with the dagger in South America for like half a second in a trailer. Oh. That's it. Like not actually a game. And then I saw one reference. I can't remember how it fucking went, but it was in, I think, I think it was in Nico's van. And there's like a whole set of books with um the years with years next to it and these years were like the releases of devil may cry so it's like 2001 was um fucking the name of the island that dante went to in devil may cry 1 and then like for the years of when devil may cry 2 was released like they just had the weird years and that was it (laughs) and those were like the only two references i saw and i'm like wow okay like Suno, the guy who like directs Devil May Cry, loves DMC Devil May Cry more than he does Devil May Cry 2. Oh, that says something considering everything you've been saying about DMC. Yeah, well at the same time, like they love Ninja Fury. They they said, they actually came out and said, we would love to do a sequel to DMC Devil May Cry only if Ninja Fury do it. Only if they do it. They won't let anyone else touch it but Ninja Fury. Huh, okay. And I feel like Ninja Fury don't want to touch it because, like, they would go, this is just not a financially good decision because of how bad it's really DMC, not because like, of the backlash that. Yeah, like, what happened with DMC Dev May Cry? Like, who's going to buy another DMC game from Ninja Fury? Like, they changed. I, I can understand to reboot, but they changed so much like of the game that makes it not even like a devil may cry game like so for example the name of the fucking game two things it's called dmc devil may cry the atm machine otherwise known as (laughs) devil may cry devil may cry fucking okay cool and then the other main element of devil may cry is dante is half human half demon his father was the legendary Dark Knight Sparta. His mum, Eva, was a human. Yeah. So when the legendary Dark Knight Sparta literally woke up to justice, like, woke up to justice, and it's like, I need to seal the demon world away from the human world. Yeah. So he puts his demonic power into Force Edge, which is his sword, to seal away the demon world. And then basically lived out the rest of his life as a human. Because he didn't have that demonic power anymore. Because he put the power into three swords. Yamato, which is Virgil's sword. <coughs> oh yeah, by the way, um, they Eva and Sparta had two kids, Dante and Virgil. They're both twins. But um, Virgil got Yamato, which is like a samurai wee fucking sword. Yep. Dante got Rebellion, which is like a big fucking like great sword. And... The, the rest of his power went into Sparta, which, or the Sparta sword, which is Force Edge. So, but the title of the game, like, the reason why Dante and Virgil are more powerful than Sparta is because they're half demon, half human. The human side of 
Dante and Virgil is what surpasses Sparta's strength. Thus, the title Devil May Cry, insinuating that, like, these devils is, like, the humanity side of them, the emotional and the humanity side of these demons is the human side. So, when DMC Devil May Cry changed it, it goes, oh, by the way, Dante's half angel, half, half demon. It's like, but that's not what... No. Let, <laughs> no. Let's let... No. Why? Like, it's like, oh, we're Nephilim. That's why we're strong. Completely negating, like, the fact that Dante's like, yeah, uh, humans are quite strong, actually. Like, I'm <laughs> I'm stronger than my father who sealed away, sealed away hell from Earth. He is a full demon, but I'm stronger because I'm also half human. That humanity side of me makes me more powerful than him. And it does. It truly does. Same thing with Virgil. The humanity side of him is makes him stronger than Sparta. And then, like, it's... Like, Nero, who is technically one-fourth demon, is even stronger than Virgil and Dante. Huh. Because he's more human than devil. But, like, that demonic power is enhanced by the humanity side. So the more humanity there is, the more stronger the demon the demon power is. Yeah, we know the most powerful person in Devil May Cry is Nico and her van. Oh, no, that is straight witchcraft. That is some fucking witchcraft how she commands that van. Because we're sitting here, because there's parts in Devil May Cry 5 where you can call Nico for like a pit stop to upgrade abilities or like fresh up your loadout. And so you up call his payphone in like a church. You're on like the fucking top level is church. And like, Nico, come, I need your help. Nico's van comes from the ceiling down. And it's like, how the fuck did you get up there? And then there's one scene with V. V's just like, hey, Nico, I need you. And Nico's like, I'll be right there. Her van comes vertically up out of the ground, <laughs> like through the road. And as I said, like, I have, and then like, there's the funny scene we had before we stopped recording last night, which is like, we're in a subway station and Nero's like, Nico, you're up. Nico literally plows through a wall in the side <laughs> of the subway station, narrowly missing Nero. Sup. Like, yeah, pretty much like, sup. And oh my God, Nico is like the most blessed character in all of DMC. Like, She's quickly she, becoming one of my favorites. She is so fucking adorable. She's like got a very childlike attitude, but incredibly pretty as well as like very nonchalant attitude. And tattooed and, to the nines. And absolutely tattooed to the fucking nines. And like my favorite tattoos of hers are the pistols she's got down by her. Uh, yeah, down, yeah. Down, down. Yeah. Yeah. But, like, Nico <coughs> is actually, like, very well tied into the series as her grandmother was the one who made Dante's guns. So the guns Ebony and Ivory that Dante's had from the beginning, Nico's grandmother is the one who made them. So Nico... And it's like... Like, I was watching a YouTube video about it and, like, the best explanation for Nico is... Nico is the player in like putting themselves 
into the game because Nico is such a like Dante fan. Like Nico is all over Dante like white on rise. Nico's like fuck yeah, you're so cool. Like <laughs> fangirling at Dante and it's a way for the players to put themselves into the games. Like that's exactly what I would do if I met Dante. Yeah. So like there's this one scene where um Nico makes a weapon called um Dr. Forced, I'm pretty sure it is, which is like a hat. It's literally like a cowboy hat that you use red orbs, which is your currency, as a method of attack. And so Dante gets his hat and does a full, like, a minute cutscene of just doing Michael Jackson shit. I've just, seen, like, doing the whole Michael I've Jackson dance. I've seen some of that stuff. And Nico is just, like, mimicking his <laughs> moves, marking the fuck out, going, fuck yeah, yeah! <laughs> And it's so adorable and so amazing. I just can't get enough of Nico. She is so good. And it's like one of the things I've like this, like when we're playing through the fight, after we beat um, the first real boss, which was the Goliath, Nico comes out and she's like, she sees like, I'd, I'd say like a toenail of Goliath or a horn of Goliath. She's like, pick that up. Give it to me. Give it to me. So V gives her the the horn and she starts sniffing it. <laughs> and Nico's like, do you know where that's been? And her response is, up your butt. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh, I fucking love Nico. But yes, like, that's why like, I've been playing a lot of <laughs> Devil May Cry 5, obviously. I fucking, I was having so much fun with it. I was in the void, which is basically like, hey, trial out these moves on enemies and shit like that. I was in the void work, like, labbing just a combo to beat one enemy for two hours, and I didn't even feel like it. Like, I was in there doing two hours, doing the same thing over and over again to try and perfect it, and it didn't even feel like two hours. It felt like half an hour at best. I'm sitting there going, fuck, two hours have passed? Holy shit. So, yeah, but, oh, my God. The worst thing about Devil May Cry, my Devil May Cry experience, is Devil May Cry 4 Special Edition on Steam. To get mm -hmm. that running, I needed to change hex values. <laughs> so I needed to go into fucking where... They called it something. You need to go into a hex editor, which changes the... Uh, um, pretty much a whole bunch <coughs> of shit about the games. Like, like something about... Because it. it's got something to do with DirectX 12 and DirectX 10 conflicting. So you need to go into the hex editor... Um, you need to find like these certain codes and then change their values to this and then done. And I'm like, holy shit, it worked because every single time I boot up the game, it would instantly close. And then once I changed all these values, like sitting here, like I, I've, I've fucking dabbled in a bit of hex editing before, but it's been so fucking long. I'm sitting there going, holy shit, this is all fucking just another language to me right now. But I eventually got that working and started doing Bloody Palace back in Dead May Cry 4 because that game is really fucking fun. And yeah, so that's pretty much been my week. Just Devil May Cry, Devil May Cry. Also, since I've now got a working PlayStation 3 controller, I will be trying to start my Soulsborne run on stream fairly soon, which you can catch me at twitch.tv forward slash leviathan 0010. Um kind of seeing what it might 
like, I don't know if I can move to Mixer, but I kind of want to see what all the fuss is about now because a lot of people are moving over from Twitch to Mixer. So I'm like, I might have a look at it, see how it's going. But other than that, that's pretty much been my week. Nice. Nice. So now we can all jump into the noose. Yeah, fucking just imagine someone hanging, reading news. Anyway, uh, the first story of the night that we've found, the the author of the Metro series is actually working with, um, who was the company? Uh, 4A Games. The, yeah, so the author of the Metro series is working with 4A Games to make the next Metro game, which I think is pretty fucking cool. Because after we're hearing all this shit about, like, The Witcher and the author of The Witcher, man, it's it's kind of nice to see that someone actually understands. Because the whole story between behind that The Witcher author and um, CD Projekt Red is, like, the author's, like, fucking give me my money now. Like, they... CD the Projekt short, Red... The or- short version is that CD Projekt Red are, like, hey we can give you a cut on the game. And he's like, fuck no, these games are going to flop. I'm not taking that. You just give me a flat cut now. now. And then Witcher's 1 to 3 came out and they were all increasingly successful with Witcher 3 being as big as it is with fucking the Blood and Wine expansion, I think it was, getting a game of the year for the expansion alone. Jesus. That's pretty fucking big. And then so the author comes back and like, you owe me money for using you know, my IP and my writing stuff. And they basically went, well, you asked for a flat payment, so we gave you a flat payment, suck a dick. Well, they didn't exactly See, do that. They they were being respectful about it, but they're like, yeah. we had a deal and we're honouring our deal. Yeah, because obviously, like, since that guy, like, he sold the rights, but he's still, like, the owner of the series, so he can at some point with lawyers can revoke those rights. So the situation that I heard as that panned out is actually more fucked than it seems. So that uh, Witcher author is like, hey, look, your games are making mad bank. You guys ripped me off. He says, no, we, <coughs> we made this deal. This is what you want. He goes, yeah, but that's you ripped me off. So he was taking them to court because apparently... There is an actual, like, anti-trade... I would say anti-trademark or some sort of anti-sort of thing. So there's some protection in the law that they're from. I can't remember where they're from. I'll actually Poland. have a look at this now. I'm pretty sure it's Polish law. Yeah. It's, it's Poland. Yeah, yeah, they're in Poland. So, like, there's a law in, in the Polish law that basically says, like, hey, look, if you sell the rights to your thing and a big company fucks you over, this is meant to protect you so you can actually get what you're owed. And even though, like, this is not that situation in which big company is fucking you over, it is still in the sense of, like, I wanted money from this, they're making millions, and I got this. So instead of them settling it in court, like, CD Projekt Red just settled it out of court because they knew if they took it to court, they'd lose more money and probably even the rights to the Witcher series. Mm. In which, like... Witcher is a fucking moneymaker for CD Projekt Red. Soon to be like Cyberpunk will be the moneymaker, but if they lost the rights to The Witcher, then they would lose so much money out of it. So they're basically like, here, fucking take millions 
all right? It's kind of like a drop on the pond for us, but still, like, take millions and then be done with it, please. We don't want to fuck this over. <coughs> we just want to work with The Witcher and do whatever we want. It's yeah. it's kind but, of assholey on the writer's part. Yeah, well, that's the The writer's like, hey, look, like, video games... Who fucking... No one's going to play... Like, video games are not where the money's at. So, give me, like... I think it was, like, $10,000. So, give me my $10,000 now. Because there's no way you're even going to make a fraction of that. And The Witcher 1 and Witcher 2, they were... How can I put it? They weren't, like, big successes. They're more of, like, cult classic successes. Like, the games were good, but they weren't popular. And they made money, but they didn't make fucking Witcher free money. Mm. In which, when Witcher free came out, like fucking floodgates of Scrooge McDuck money came through. So that's the story of this. But even like the guy who did the author of the Metro series is like, yeah, no, I just took I just took the the deal of the percentage cut because I wasn't a fucking idiot like you were. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like that author of the Witcher series is an entitled asshole. Mm. Like he did not see the potential and you know, didn't see the forest through the trees and is like, I'm just gonna take the money now. So like that guy obviously when um four A games bought uh the rights for Metro the the author was still happy with his deal and now the and now four A are coming, hey look we want you, the author of Metro, to come work with us on the next game. So this is completely new territory. Unless it's like Metro 2035 stuff, I got the feeling if the author's working with the game, I think he wants to create something different. Like, mm. obviously a continuation of Metro, but nothing... Like, it's either just going to be Metro 2035, or... A completely new metro story i still haven't played metro exodus i might pick it up on steam because i did like i i, I loved metro 2033 didn't really enjoy metro last light too much but metro exodus kind of looks entertaining i haven't you know played it or anything like that it's not like grasping out at me but it's like i might dabble in it when it's on special but oh man i i it got to a point in Metro Last Light where I was struggling to beat it. Like, not in a sense of difficulty. It's like, you, I just want this to be over. Yeah, you got to the point where you're like, you know what? I'm just done with this game. Can we just finish? Yeah. It because, became more of a chore than an exercise in fun. Because I was that that very fucking clever kid. I was known as the biggest shit kicker on the block. And I just went straight to the fucking Hunter difficulty or the fucking... You know the, the the extreme difficulty with no HUD or and all that sort of shit and it's difficult? Yeah, it's went straight <laughs> for that. I used and to I was do that in games and now I just I think it's I, ranger don't, mode. I don't enjoy it. I play it and then I figure out if I'm happy with the difficulty. Well, it, 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 I was like, I'm just going to fuck around with Metro Last Light and I was like, oh, I'll start it on the fucking ranger difficulty and just fuck around for a bit until I got to a distance where I'm like, this is probably the furthest I've ever been. Might, might just continue with this. And that's the cool thing. Like, my playthrough with on the Hunter difficulty is, like, be fucking stealthy. Like, take out enemies with a silent thing. You throw nice lots of stuff. Cool. 
that tactic goes out the fucking window the last third of the game. You're literally put in arenas with enemies. And, like, on, like, Raven, like, the fucking hardest difficulty mode, which for some reason was a DLC, um, the game on that difficulty doesn't work out because you have less ammo, uh, stealth is not an option, and trying to get through, like, tougher enemies with, like, less health, not fun. Like, as I said, that's why I took the stealth route. I was, like, gonna kill enemies one by one, do it quickly, and get through. Because the game the game is set up to allow you to do this. That's why they have, like, the whole light mechanics and, like, stealth shit that you can use, like, your, your throwing knives and silencers. But the last third of it goes out the fucking window when they keep throwing waves and waves of enemies at you, even bosses at you. And I'm like, I've, I've set up this game to be stealthy. I don't have the shit for this. So that's why I'm finding it like a kind of struggle to get through the end of the <coughs> game where it's like, man, this, like, I enjoy the, the first two thirds of the game. And the last third is not how I want to play the game. I can understand the game going, you've got two methods. You can go loud and fucking proud, or you can be sneaky beaky. But that's pretty cool. But don't bull towards stealth because you're fucked at the end. No, no, not even that. It's like, we're giving you option to do these two things, stealth or loud. And then the last third of the game is like, oh, we're taking away the stealth option. You can only go loud now. And like, that's not how I prefer to play this game. I prefer to play it stealthy. But they've gone, not anymore. Have fun. And I'm like, oh my fucking God. And then all of a sudden, like, the one thing that really sort of like, as Alex will put it, cheese my onions. Yes. I have fucking Mm -hmm. no idea where you pulled that from. What cheeses my onions is like the super forced relationship they give you. It's like this chick who's like, huh, you're a good rabbit. Huh. You don't, and literally see her for like the first 10 minutes of the game. And then for like, you see her for a bit in the last third of the game. And in between the first 10 minutes and the last bit, apparently you're fucking close now. You, you, you're enough to bang. <laughs> you no, know, that's Ooh. that's exactly how it is. They met you and went, well, you're doing, you're doing all right. I'll help you out here. Skip the entire, get to the end. Yeah, you're amazing. Sleep with me. <laughs> it wasn't even yeah you're amazing sleep with me it's like oh good you're alive now let's fuck <laughs> oh because uh do i get apparently a she's an absolute horn dog but blue bowls the rest of her fucking company <laughs> it's just <laughs> like nah you not get me <clears throat> fucking artyom over here the one i was giving shit at the beginning of the game and then didn't see for the next fucking two-thirds of the game yeah i'm a fuck him Nice. And apparently the game, I, I don't know because I haven't finished the game, but apparently the game has a sort of like morale system in which like if you witness events throughout the series or like pay attention to people's stories and stuff like that, you earn invisible points towards either good or bad morale. And apparently this dictates the ending. I'm not too sure if it does or not, but I heard it dictates the ending and so there's like a canonical good ending and then like a bad ending. That's but, interesting. Um, now, yeah. on, but, uh, on mm? that note of um, hidden morale, I don't know. I feel like hidden morale issues like that, they're good in the case that you'll just kind of play the character how you'd play the character. 
Mm. Um, but I actually really like, say, the infamous two system or just the infamous system in general. That it is overt yeah. and go, this is the good choice and this is the bad choice. We're not going to beat around the bush. Anyway, continue before it's... I start going on a rant on that game because there was something in that game that made so me like, furious. So, like, the the thing I don't mind, it's like, I don't mind there being a morale system. Like, even a, a fucking a morale system in the background. But don't make the points that this morale system takes things that you can just easily walk by like as i said you have to observe certain things like you actually have to sit and like listen to this person's story or you know go and watch this fucking burlesque show it's like make it so like yeah that this doesn't is... make much sense you need to put it into the main storyline or at least give you know hints and and uh what's the word make Plot it make it like from the a... main storyline so like, that these things are passively participated in but make it make it obvious like these are things you need to take in for this morale system like you can disguise the morale system however you want but if it's literally ba- like a, i get a point towards good morale because i listen to this person's story even though i'm walking through this level because i have something to do at the other end like, yeah, like, the world's pretty, like, full, and you can see all the, like, the the lives that are going down in this metro system. It's Dante. It's, uh, it's Dante, that's what it is. But that, it's... that's one of the things, isn't it, where, because of a situation like that, you could accidentally trigger something that you that changes your moral yeah. points without even noticing it. And this is, and this is because... I say like I. This was from listening to someone who's actually beaten the game. They say like this is how the morale system works. I went, that's a good. It's good that the morale is in the background, so you're not knowing you're being judged. Because if you're being judged, then you know like all right, this is the right thing to do to get this. Whereas if it's a background system, you can see like it's just how you would naturally react. But if it's like oh, if I walk past this guy telling a story. And since I'm not listening to his story, that's counted as bad morale, then I'm being actively punished to do this. And I'm like, okay, that's fucking... That is crazy, like, like stupid. I wouldn't say stupid. It's just not implemented properly, I think. And as I said, like, it's not a bad system to have a passive morale system in which you don't know you're being judged because then you do things how you do about the acknowledgement of i need to do the right thing or i need to do a bad thing you just do it as you would react to it but at the same time you need to change it from events that you can just completely skip yeah i feel like like, they still have to be active choices yeah if i didn't know this morale system existed and i got the bad ending i would just think that's what the game ended with i would think oh fucking we got fucked up in some way shape or form I wonder how they're going to come back from this and then like start Metro Exodus and it's like wait that didn't happen at the end of my game why is this different that's like I feel it's a bit cheap it's like a cheap replayability system because I have the feeling it's kind of expected for you to get the bad ending based on the morale system for you to go alright I need to go through the game again to get the good ending because obviously if I look at the ending I'm like holy shit, Artyom is dead. I don't know if he's dead or not, but if Artyom dies, but then Artyom's at the beginning of Metro Exodus, 
Well, what the like, fuck? Oh, well. And you discover there's an ending. You're like, fine, I have to go through. Or some smart people, I'm just going to look at the other ending, like on YouTube. Yeah. But, uh, but like, I could feel like it's 4A games going, hey, look, um, this is how to get more replayability out of people. And, like, eh, you're making people replay out of, how can I put it, out of the need to have to do it. Like, people aren't going to be playing the game like, oh, fuck yeah, this game was so good, I'm going to play it again and get that good ending. I feel I feel most people will play it out of, like, oh, I, I guess I have to play this again to get the good ending. So that's why, oh, that's, that's bad design. But fucking we digress straight from it we're basically talking about the the metro author is getting involved in the metro games which i think will be really cool i think it'll be really cool if it doesn't go on to the metro 2035 because that's already something we know i want something completely new you want a new storyline like, from the same author yeah but like a new do you want in the same pres- world though yes yeah all right so you just you just want a new story in the new world by the same author yeah, and so it's, wants, basi- so it's just basically a way to for the author to go, I'm writing a new Metro book, but it's in the form of a video game. Yeah, you so know, that's what I want. Medium. Well, I can see that, but I've never played a Metro game, so I can't really... I wanted to play a Metro that. game, but... Uh, I recommend Metro 2033 Redux. Yeah, that's the one I was looking it at. Is, it's dirt cheap on Steam sometimes. Now, yeah, how much is it on for now? Sometimes. Like, because... Like, usually you see, like, any special Steam has, Metro is fucking front and center. Any special. Mm. So, Metro Redux is... Ooh! 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 Um, what? You want the good news or bad news? Give me the bad news. Bad news is twenty nine ninety five. All right, what's the good news? It's not thirty nine ninety five. <laughs> Christ. I'm I kid you not. Wait for Metro I I wouldn't pay thirty bucks Australian to play Metro Redux. Wait for it to go on special because it's like two free dollars. Cause I swear that's how much I pay for and I said any special. Fucking I I know Steam's got a special up their sleeve somewhere, so wait for Yeah. But like I, I do recommend Metro twenty three free because it has like one of the most satisfying endings. Like, how can I put it? Um, off the top of my head, there's two games that I know that had a satisfied ending, which I just put the controller down and went, that's fucking lovely. I like it. And just felt humble for that ending, regardless of a good or bad outcome. And that is Metro 2033 and Resistance 2. Hmm. Those are the two endings where I'm like, you know what? I love it. It's a good ending. It's not fucking ambiguous. It's not to be continued. It's just an ending. And that's it. And it's a good one at that. So yeah, Metro 23 Redux. I I think I have both versions of Metro 2033 Last Light in the Redux version. Uh, Metro. Yeah, I've got Metro Last Light, Redux, and... Metro twenty three free Redux and the originals. Apparently, I, what? Wait, what? I'm going to launch this because I don't think that's going to launch. Anyway, um, I have Metro Exodus in my Steam list. Very nice. But I click on play and nothing happens. 
Even better. Like, it's an official Metro Exodus thing in my Steam. I never bought it, nor can I play it. (laughs) All right. Fantastic. On to a second topic. English, do the well. This is what Uh, happens when you start talking about Russian games for too long. You forget how to English properly. Uh, G2A responds to Unknown World's accusations, calling them slander. So, is it no. though? Is it really? I don't even I know don't what know. those accusations are, but if G2A so, is going, so this is slander, it's probably G- true. G2A basically went, hey, we'll refund like something like 10 times. Yeah, 10 times, times the, 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 the chargebacks. Charge the money loss of stolen keys through a website. And then uh, Unknown Worlds went like, here, here's uh, $30,000 worth of chargebacks. You owe us 300 grand. Yeah. And they went, no. So, in this thing, basically the people from Subnautica said, hey, look, um, where the fuck's our money? You said you'd do this, and uh, you didn't. So... Launched in 2014, G2A Marketplace was celebrating its fifth birthday. Um, the said <coughs> keys were alleged stolen and sold before March 8th, 2013, six years ago. We paid $30,000 to deal with credit card chargebacks because of G2A. That's just slander, and we expect him to at least edit his posts if straight not up. So G2A said, yeah, we paid this much in chargebacks because of G2A, and G2A says, that's slander. Yeah, we want him to apologize. Um, technically, G2A did exist. So basically, the argument is uh, unknown worlds are saying, in this time, we lost $30,000 to you. And G2A said, like, fucking, no, we didn't exist back then. Fuck you. To which, technically, G2A did exist back then. They just went under a different name called Go To Arena, and it was it was like a retailer rather than a marketplace. Um, yeah, same thing with Factorious de- developers saying, "Hey, look, pay ten times our chargeback, so you owe sixty six thousand dollars." And all G2A is doing is going, "No, that's it." It's like, hey. This post you said that you'll pay back 10 times the amount. Uh, here's the evidence of these chargebacks. And G2A is like, no, that's not true. So G2A love fucking digging themselves a hole. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I have... They should have just... Like, if G2A wanted to not be the prime focus of a shithole company, don't say anything. Like, at all. Because keep they every single time they open their fucking mouths, it just lands them in more hot water. Even if they're trying to be nice towards the scenario. They're like, hey, look, like, we ha- we're we so enthusiastic about the situation of pe- stone co- keys being sold and our stuff. We, we are happy to pay people 10 times the amount they lost because of it. Like, we're happy to do that. And I bet you they weren't expecting anyone to come forward. But with a deal like that, how could you not? 
Yeah. Because everyone everyone came back saying, hey, look, here's the evidence of the charge packs that were from stolen keys off your, sold off your site. And G2A just goes, nah. Well, G2A, nah. so their argument is going, the, the website really didn't exist until, um, you know, the website really didn't exist until 2014. You're arguing these things about stuff that happened in 2013. So that's blatantly, you know, impossible and ridiculous. Wrong. This is a quote from G2A's support page, like their actual website. The number of buyers and sellers have been rapidly growing ever since the launch of the webpage in 2013. That year, there were 20 sellers and 100,000 buyers. Jeez. So, yeah, they, they go say... So, in their own support page, they counteract what they're arguing? Yeah. So it's, they're basically saying it didn't exist, but, hey... Uh, we did exist in 2013 under a different name, but we still exist because they back then there were go to arena, but they were still G two A. In in yeah, they're still the acronym G two A. But no, on G two A's own support hub on their current website right now, Hmm. it says that. Yeah, yeah. Like as I said, like they acknowledge their trademark of go to arena as still as G two A. Yeah, like. That it's they're trying to say, hey, we weren't G2A <coughs> back then, but it's like, well, yes, you were. Even your support says you were G2A back then, just under a different name. And <coughs> like, oh, it's so much like, even they even came <coughs> out and said, hey, look, we're going to have a key blocking tool for <coughs> all developers only if a hundred developers sign up. So it's like, Hey, look, we will do something to to provide tools to developers but, to stop keys being sold here. Yeah. Only if a whole bunch of people sign up, though. <laughs> but knowing these companies, like we don't, we just don't want you to sell our keys in general. It's not hard. Just don't sell our keys. And that is a pretty standard tool because, as I said, like people have requested to get their keys taken off due to a, in which they just took them off. Because, like, when you sell keys, you have to fill in the criteria to sell this. And if you go, hey, look, I want to sell, for example, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and you play, like, don't sell our keys, Assassin's Creed Odyssey will not become a selectable option in the selling component of the website. (coughs) As I said, like, even anything that G2A has done ever since they kept getting called out only results in more shit getting called out it's a snowball effect of hey g2a bad people and g2a gone we're not bad people this is why people... we're not bad people you you just linked and... to with us to a thing that says you're bad people we're not bad people no guys Especially... seriously oh. trust us we're not bad people like Come on. remember remember when we did the uh the article about how g2a went to websites saying hey look we want you to put this non-biased transparent and uh, yeah. just we, review we, of why selling stolen keys is practically impossible <laughs> but don't put our names yeah, next make, to it make though. sure our name is not on this so people know it's unbiased <laughs> yeah so uh, sorry, it's what? transparent and just it's that shit got that was their fast. term we want we want you to put uh, this article about 
is transparent and just article about how selling keys is practically impossible. It's like walking into a police station, waving mm. a gun at police. Cool, you're in there, but will you get out alive? <laughs> Holy shit! <laughs> like, that level of stupidity is like, oh my God. And... Like the internet these <coughs> days, it's not a fucking internet. It's meme generating one hundred and one. Yeah. We're back to hieroglyphs, but we're fucking animated pictures of memes. And uh, yeah, so fucking G- everything G two A does only lands them in more shit. And you can't land in more shit if you don't jump in the first place. It's yeah, like G two A when a drunk so person is on the as floor, they are fucking nose diving. Yeah, but like it's like a drunk person who's on the floor. They can't fall any further. Unless so they keep stand them up. there. Yeah, but the thing is, the G two A situation here feels like it's that they're doomed if they do, do if they don't. Because it's the situation's bad for them anyway. Because people are accusing them of selling stolen keys and going, "Hey, you asked this much because of what you said. You know, you said you'd do this." Um, but then they're just making it worse. It's like they're in a sinking ship and going, well, we're out of buckets, but I do have this power drill, so fuck it. <laughs> so let's fucking... We'll fight holes with holes. Exactly. Because there'll but be like, holes that the water's coming in from, and then we make it, it, holes that it, the water goes out from. Yeah, it, it is a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario. It, as a, it is a damned if you do, damned if you don't scenario, but... The power drill is them reacting. Why? They can let that sink ship, but they're not making it any worse. In fact, the sink's going to ship and it's just going to go away with a fucking... with a sigh. Or they can go out playing power metal while drilling holes in the ship. And it's... And them playing power metal, every other ship in the the area is going to go, the fuck are they doing? Is that... Is that fucking power drills? (laughs) Are they fucking... So like, yeah, so with if they just didn't respond to anything, people would be like, ah, oh, G2A didn't respond to comments about this, this, and this. And then it would just fucking just <coughs> go away because that's what happened before. G2A just didn't really acknowledge the situation and it just went away. But it eventually came back up again. But And that's when they went, oh, fucking, you know, fuck it. We don't sell stolen keys. I mean, like, we do, but we don't care. And people are like, fucking what? They just said it. They fucking said the N-word. They didn't. But it's basically what people are saying. <laughs> and, and, and because they brought more attention onto myself, this gave journalists more reason to report on it. Because it's like, holy shit, this is stupid. This is so fucking dumb. And yet, they, they fucking love it. They're relishing in it. They want so, the attention, and people are giving them the attention. So they're going to do everything they can to hold on to that attention. Yeah, I know. Because they're still, they're still of the mindset that all publicity is good publicity. Yeah, they like, could just be morons. People. Yeah. That's just it, though. Like, they are complete fucking morons because, for one, hey, look... Uh, we sent out an article to these people to sponsor this message without putting our names to it on uh, that was just some rogue employee. Like, fuck off, that was just some rogue employee. Like, they had a full article written 
sent by the actual fucking uh, PR representat- representative of G2A, and nah, it was just some rogue employee doing it. He's been... Fu- no, a rogue employee could not get that far. There's no way a rogue employee could write up an article, write up a whole letter, send it out to people... And then G2A only react saying it's a fucking rogue employee when someone calls them out. Didn't didn't react to it before it got sent out. Only when someone calls them out. So it's, it. it's not a rogue employee. Yeah, it was very but, intentional. Yeah, G2A is still being the fucking shitters that they are. Mm-hmm, and now yeah. to a final article of the night. Uh, the article itself is not the important part. It's about fucking the context behind it all. Okay. Borderlands 3 will not be preloadable on the Epic Game Store. I know it's on the Epic Game Store, so... So, is well, that's the thing, though. Buy it? So, people would not be as pissed off as they are about this scenario if it wasn't for, like, uh, fucking... Fuck, I forgot his name already. Fucking... Yes. Absolute Randy Pitchford. <gasps> the magic man himself? The fucking magic myth legend. Fucking say what you want. He he basically pedophile. his main the defense. Pedophile. Yeah. The alleged pedophile. Alleged. The, alleged mis- the mystic pedophile. alleged pedophile who likes to watch girls square. Or, or a magic. fan of just old faithful. <laughs> You guys know what Old Faithful is? I know what Old Faithful is. No. Yeah. Just a, Old Faithful is like a water geyser in America. Huh. That that sprays water out of the ground. And uh <laughs> You see Alex losing his shit. So um <laughs> So uh Randy Pitchford Old Faithful is just Randy Pitchford's girlfriend with her legs open underground. <laughs> so uh, Randy Pitchford left a USB device at a fucking medieval times diner, which contained trade secrets and a suspiciously young porn actress video on it, in which he, on some uh, magic podcast that he was discussing, <clears throat> basically said, yeah, oh, you know, the amount of liquid she can spray is magical. <laughs> Because she was a squirter. It's like the that's that's the magic behind this. It's like she's pulling that water out of somewhere. That's 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 what he goes to speak. So basically that's why we call him all faithful. But um <laughs> we're, call, we're calling Randy Pitchford all faithful now, alright. Randy old faithful Pitchford. <laughs> Can't but, we just get back to calling everyone dipshits? Yeah, no, but like, if you call like a everyone a dipshit, dip then like the meaning is lost. You got to reserve it yeah. for the actual dipshits. We call actual dipshits like dip Randy Pitchford. We call Old Faithful, Old Faithful. Yeah, yeah. So the main thing behind it is people were pissed off because Randy Pitchford's main argument was like when Borderlands got announced at Epic Store, it's like, hey, look, we're not releasing. Borderlands on the current Epic Store, the one without all the features, one without the shopping cart. No, it's going to be released in September with the new Epic Store, with all the preloading stuff, with all the achievements, with all the good shit. And then now we're rolling back saying, oh, we can't preload it. Um, we can't do this. We can't do that. Randy, 
uh, I thought you were saying that the people who bought it would get the new Epic Store. Holy shit. Some... Alright. They just need to fix the store. Like, yeah, but they're not going to. That's the most stupidest shit ever. Like, how can you go, all right, we are throwing fucking bricks of gold at Shenmue Free. Like, we're giving them physical bars of gold because fuck you, that's why. But oh no, let's not fix the store which is 80% of the complaints. Let's not appeal to the customers. Let's just make this more of a nuisance than it has to be. And that's that's the real retarded aspect about this. It's like, even their roadmap, which they put out, has been delayed. So the roadmap that they put out to, this is what's going to happen in the store. This is when this is going to be added to, this, this is going to be implemented. That shit got pushed back. Why? Why? I, I can imagine it would be like, hey, look, this would cost money. Um, this will cost, like, I would say maybe a month of just working on the store to get it up to scratch. But it, it's what you need. Otherwise, like, you're going to have people divided. And, yeah, sure, you can spend money getting these exclusives. And, yeah, you you get people who actually, you know, use the store. But you rather than have just a fucking, I would say, a different exclusivity situation, just fix the store and then people will not mind using Epic. Like the Epic Game Launcher. If you fix, like, security issues, if you fix the interface, you do all this shit, fucking, even I'll be like, hey, security issues are fixed, it's actually a fucking store, I'll buy a couple of games off it. But, they're not. That's the most weirdest part. They're not actually focusing on what's important, they're just focusing on building the, the, the list. Yeah. And... I said, I, I, you can make sense. It makes sense with the exclusivity when it comes to like indie developers. Like, oh, who's that fucking indie developer who just, oh, I think it's called Ubles or something like that. You guys hear that story about the indie dev who, like, I, I, yeah, like- I heard the story about the Wait, indie dev who just started like hawking shit at everyone who thought that moving to, um, <coughs> Epic was it? Yeah, Epic so was like, yeah, a bad idea. This was. This was the biggest no one asked ever because this indie group, apparently it's like a husband and wife dev group. They, they work together, made this, um, what looks to be an interesting game, but they basically were condescending assholes about it. Like, hey, look, we moved on to the Epic score. Oh no, Epic's such a bad place, yada, 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 but you're all fucking idiots. All right, just play on the Epic store. Stop being crybabies. And people are like, are you fucking kidding? You s- completely misread the entire situation about the Epic Store and then went out on this fucking, like, condescending post about people who choose to boycott Epic about the whole situation. And then it's like, and they're like, oh, man, we're getting all this hate. I'm like, no shit. No shit. Get it. Like, it, it's gone to a point where it's a bit too extreme. Well, I didn't say a bit too extreme. It is extreme. Are people like death threatening these people? Like, don't do that. That's not good. But just be like, hey, look, 
if this is how you're going to act as like a development studio, I'm probably just not going to buy your game. Even I'm like, oh, that looks pretty interesting. Oh, wait, they're condescending assholes. All right, I'm not going to look at it. Like, simple as that. I've got better time to spend on things. Like, <coughs> if if I was them, if I was, like, a like husband and wife, like, two people fucking crew making a game which actually looks decent, I'd be like, guys, we're moving to an epic store because... We're an indie studio. We need as much money as we can get. We don't have that much money to begin with. Hope you guys understand. Like, say that, no dramas, all right? No dramas whatsoever. Like, of course, you're an indie studio, you know, basically paying, I would say, out of your own pocket. And, you know, you guys should get rewarded for the hard work you put in. But no one's going to give you the time of day if you're going... Hey, you guys are just fucking crybabies. Just, you know, there's nothing wrong with the Epic Store. You're just very temperamental and crybabies. Fuck you all. Go buy our game. Fuck you. Like, oh, back no. onto the topic of Randy Pitchford for a second. Ooh, um, all right. Uh, I, I, just, I just found this because I was looking through Jim Sterling's videos because I know he covered the thing uh, about the uh, indie devs moving their game to Epic. I just was trying to find out what it's actually called. So we can mm. reference it properly. But I found across this thing, uh, Randy Pitchford actually shared a video of a cat getting its face pinched by yes. a crab. Yeah, that, that happened a while ago where mm. Randy Pitchford shared on Twitter a kitten fighting a crab. And people mm. were like, are you fucking serious? That's animal cruelty. And then Randy Pitchford came out with some really fucking piss poor excuse. But yeah. So did you find out? I'm pretty sure it's called Oobles. I want to try. I'm going to try Oobles, uh indie game. Yeah, yeah. No, I had a bit of a look at it. What's the name of it? It is Oob. One sec. We're professional. We are. We we never claim Ooblets. to be Ooblets. That's it. Ooblets. So. Yeah, Ublitz, Indie Game Studio Convent, which consists of two employees, a married couple, Rebecca and Ben, have received a number of threatening and inflammatory measures since the announcement of uh, on Ublitz last week. So basically, yeah, that's when... To sum it up and quickly, hey, we're moving to Epic, fuck you, stop crying, buy our game. And people are like, no, fuck you. And they're like, oh no, this reaction was unwarranted and unpredicted. Eek, gasp. It reminds me of that picture of someone like shoveling shit over a wall that says the internet. And then when the shit gets thrown back, they're like, ah, oh, what is this? This is unfair. <laughs> but yeah, like, as I said, I completely understand them <coughs> going, hey, we're moving to Epic because bigger cut for us. And, you know, they bought the exclusivity, which means more money for us. If yeah. they just came out saying that, like, fine. Like, you're an indie dev. You kind of deserve it. You deserve that bigger cut. You deserve that money for a good product. Like, the proof is in the pudding. Like, you put out a good product, people will pay for it. But not if you tell them, fuck you. It's like, hey, you should buy our games, but have you heard, fuck you? Like, no, like seriously, fuck you guys. Stop crying. And I'm, I'm sitting there going... Why would you shoot yourself in the foot? That's like a double-barrel shotgun to the foot. There, there is no more foot after that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Randy Pitchford is a fucking 
retard because he he's gone hey look fucking epic is so good like the epic store is going to be so finished when borderlands 3 comes out and i bet you fucking people at epic start sweating yeah because we we know fucking how big randy pitchford's mouth is people are like epic on is he is he fucking is he giving us shit to do like we can't get this shit done in time. Yo, oh, no, it'll be preloadable, have all this shit crossplay. And like, no, Randy, Randy, shut up. Sh- shut your mouth. Shut it. <laughs> nah, fuck you. Why would you fuck me on this epic? Why would you fuck me? <laughs> yes. Well, it's, it's. I thought you had my back on this. It's, it's like the whole, oh, yes, we're going to make Fallout 76 multiplayer. But we're using a single player framework. So duct tape something on. All right, we'll figure it out. It needs to have four times the graphics. Oh, God. (laughs) All right, so this is how retarded this scenario is. So, August 12th, someone sends a tweet to Tim Sweeney, the guy Epic, saying, Hey, uh, would you be able to preload Borderlands 3? And he's like sorry we won't be able to support preloading <coughs> borderlands and rely his time frame basically saying it's complicated saying like um we've released support for file preloading which is sufficient for some games but we aren't certain it is up to the demands of a blockbuster like borderlands so he's saying we're not sure if borderlands can support the preload literally the next day Tim Sweeney goes, yep, the Epic service has handled over 10 million peak users during the Fortnite events with a record internet traffic. Yeah, that that was his response because people people went, oh, so can we preload? And they're like, no, we don't think the system's set up to be able to preload. And it's like, well, do you think the service will be able to handle everyone logging at the same time it's released and loading it? Yeah, we can definitely do that because we've got these 10 million people. It's like, well, if you can definitely do that, why don't you just fucking preload it and make like, it easier on yourself? I mean, maybe oh, there's something you. I don't know about having to set up something special for preloading. But in my head, it shouldn't be that much more difficult than just locking the play button. See, <laughs> Borderlands 3 has gone gold. I'm trying to figure out what that means in terms of sales. I know gold is like a milestone in things. <coughs> uh, does it say? Da-da-da-da-da. Uh, doesn't say how much sales in a gold release. Um, gold, but yeah, basically, I think gold is like one million. I think. Uh, sign a page. It doesn't actually say how many in gone gold. Uh, games gone gold definition. Gone Gold got master copy of the game. The very first release shipper version of the game is going to get what pressed on the disc. Still up front and so it turns itself. Doesn't say. Oh, okay. No, that makes sense. I thought it was a sales thing. Gone Gold is the final master copy has been produced and developers have sent off all for replication. Okay, yeah. so that makes sense. I thought Gold... What about Gold and Platinum then? Because I know Platinum is a fucking sales numbers. Isn't that just for music when your album goes platinum? Oh, like, because PlayStation did the same thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, Tim Hunts means... No. What does it mean? I don't... That's not gone gold. 
Okay. I think we're straying a bit too far from the point here. Yeah. But basically, Borderlands has gone gold, which means shit's ready. And for some reason, Tim Sweeney's like, nah, can't, we don't think we can support the traffic. And it's like, by the way, 10 million fucking traffic people, we, 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 we're so good. So it, it's really fuck. It's obviously when he says it's complicated, he's basically saying we wanted to preload it, but since we haven't fixed the fucking store, we can't. Yeah, um, that's pretty much all it is. Mm. So yes, that would be the end of the news for us, in which we go into tonight's topic. Drum roll, please. Can you me, Dante? No, fuck off, then. Uh, no, come back here. I love you. Got that on camera. No, I'm sorry. I actually love my cat. Not the sexual lean, <laughs> but he's a, he's a good friend. Um, not in the Randy Pitchford way. Not Keep the Randy Pitchford hole. way. Oh, God damn. <laughs> no, no, that's not what I wanted <laughs> to think. <laughs> now it's just... Now I'm just imagining... Like, you know the, the fucking trailer for Cats that came out? You're digging the hole. Stop. Nah, I'm gonna fucking finish this for it. Imagine, because I had to think it. Imagine <laughs> one of those fucking CGI cat people, but as a porn star that just holds a magical amount of liquid no. and becomes the old faithful. <laughs> you all have to suffer with me. That's just how it works. Fuck's sake. I so, feel like the only <laughs> issue with that is the quality of the cat CGI. Oh, yeah, There's yeah, a bit more. <laughs> It is pretty messed up. It, it's, it yeah. belongs in the genre of film that I have dubbed uh, Hollywood self-masturbation, where everyone in Hollywood just, every now and again, they produce a film that's just for them. And all it does is serve to remind them how good they are and how better they are than everyone else. That's all it is. Like, the last one was some, though. like, musical adaptation. It's always an adaptation of a musical. Like, the last one they did was some, like, fucking dancing in the rain, singing in the rain, some sort of shit like that that got, yeah, like, nominated There's a the vice Emmys. versa street to this. Like, it's always musicals been adapted into movies, and there's always movies been adapted into musicals. Yeah, like, but whereas in musicals, like, require actual work and effort to go into it to actually, you know, I mean, like, movies that are adapted to musicals have to have the music there in the first place. So yeah. anything from the Disney lineup... Yeah, anything from the Disney. It's fucking. It just started as a musical. It's just animated. I will That's all it is. show you the world. Anyway, Shut up. Topic for tonight is the most, ha- your most hated enemy in video games. Oh mm. boy. Oh, ain't this okay. a doozy? I have two for these, and I already know what they are. All right. Whoa. All right. So the first one is my most hated enemy for multiplayer games, and that's just teammates being cunts. I'm sorry, but I'm not sorry. I mean, that is technically that is technically an enemy. Yes. Straight out, teammates being assholes puts me off my game, and it is I hate more than enemies being assholes. Enemies playing well, them doing some dumb shit. Let's say I'm playing League of Legends. I'm playing in top lane. I constantly have three people ganking me and can't do anything all game. I'd honestly prefer that situation. To having one teammate just bitching the entire game about fucking everything. So in that scenario, it was like, all right, I have three people constantly ganking me at top lane. This is still a 5v5 when you have, like, your teammate is constantly bitching and being an active detriment to the team. It's now a 6v4. I have, I have before actively lost games solely off one player being a dickhead. Because that's all it comes down to in high-level play. Mm. Like, the smallest mistakes add up to the biggest shit. 
Well, one one person, person, one person gets, it's that mindset that brings it out. Because you make one small mistake, and then everyone's like, well, now we're completely fucked. And starts hanging shit on you. Like, the way that I see it is, like... Because this is why I quit League. It's because, like... I was trying to actually be, like, better at League. So I was, you know, concentrating, trying, like, practicing farming, shit like that. And just all the time, you'll have, like, someone make, like, an honest mistake or something. And then people would just drill them the fuck to the ground. And then it's like, you know what? Fuck it. I don't care anymore. And that just ruins the rest of the team. Yeah. Yeah. So like, even, even when parts were, like, when I'm doing bad, I'm like, sorry, guys, I'm doing bad. I'm trying my best, yada, yada, yada. And then even I'll get fucking drilled. And it's like, dude, like, I'm having a bad game. Like, it's just, I can't do anything about this. Yeah. It's like I have a poor matchup or I'm just not doing that well. And it, it got to the point where I'm just like, fuck it. I'm just going to mute the entire team and play the game. And I got fucking banned because, like, I was not doing well. Well, I, I died. I was first blood. And I'm like, okay, that was that was stupid of me, my bad sort of thing. My support decides to go stay at top lane now. I am now 1v2 of no support, and I'm already behind. And then I get banned for what I could only think would be quote-unquote intentionally feeding because I was like 1v2 down bottom already behind. <coughs> and it wasn't intentionally feeding. It wasn't even that like bad. I was like 1-4, 1-5. Yeah, shit, shit like that just happens. Though, one thing I will give to Riot is that they've done a really good job at improving the... like the report and matchmaking systems. They've actually done a good job with that. Mm. Um, so say what you but, want about their report and thingo systems but so long as night blue is still allowed to play league of legends then uh riot is still dog shit in my eyes but um yeah no so, so you guys you guys have played with members. me right you know i'm generally yeah. pretty chill to play with mm. very i have straight up stopped playing ranked league and actively rage quit a match for the first time in eight nine years jesus maybe longer i'm not actually sure if i've ever rage quit a game since playing like lands at home with some mates and even then i tended to win those so i wasn't the one rage quitting Mm. (laughs) but it was exactly it was that exactly that situation i had like three games in a row that i didn't go that well i was losing my lane and in every game I was just getting flamed for it by like two or three members of the team. And so about 15 minutes into the last game, we were behind, but it wasn't unwinnable. And people just started, and two of them had been going, and I'm like, I'm sitting on it. I'm not very happy. And then the third person's just like, oh, it's all because of this person. And I just sent like a two and a half parrot, like a two and a half line message going you know what i am so tired of just getting flamed every time i make any kind of mistake fuck this game fuck the community fuck all of you and left and i haven't touched rank since <laughs> this was like a week ago that's the thing but like most like it this happens in all competitive online it, play though because it does, but well it does but the problem with a game like league or other mobas is that a match can last for 20 to 40 minutes reliably yeah you're yeah you're pretty much stuck in like 20 minute yes. matches so you're stuck by with default a teammate being an asshole then you're stuck with them for 20 to 40 minutes 
though mm. yes so it's even though it's not technically an enemy i'm still going to put it as that teammates being dickheads for multiplayer games but my actual yeah. most hated enemy dogs in every oh, game fuck. every single yes. game dogs fuck that was mine <laughs> was it yours dogs, like no shit it wasn't mine no no fuck fuck dogs enemy dogs in video games like not physically but like the fact that they exist no any video game i've ever played with an enemy dog i've gone i fucking hate this enemy even okay. though i've given them that slight benefit of like okay man actually no it's act like a fucking dog in a video game i'll make one exception to that the hellhounds and call of duty zombies are actually a fun challenge yeah but at the same time they're kind of brain dead like they do not really react until you shoot them well it's more the way way they spawn in because they spawn in one or two at a time you can actually deal with them but they are actually zombies i don't well i'm pretty sure i've still got mine installed we can do it up later um but i'm pretty sure they're the one dogs that don't just actively give me the shits every time i fucking deal with them yeah but like for like example resident evil dogs fuck them uh Bloodborne dogs, fuck them. Dark Souls dog, fuck them. If you want, uh, if you want a specific, a specific example, fuck the two dogs in the Capra Demon boss room in Dark Souls One. Ah, oh, yeah, they are the most. They are literally like the most annoying aspect of that fight because the Capra Demon is very trivialized. Oh, actually, you walk in through that fog gate and those two dogs are on you like white and rice. Yeah, yeah. No, I have one more boss, but this is specific to some games. It's It seems to be fairly common, but it's not everywhere. The camera. Yeah, the camera, the camera is... Uh... Yeah, that's, that's up there a bit. All right, so there's one game I want to call out specifically about the camera, and that is the first Tenchu game on the PlayStation 1. That game would be so much funner if the camera wasn't a piece of shit. Like, I remember doing it on stream. Someone's like, hey, I'll donate like 20 bucks if you play through Tenchu, the first game. Like, yeah, fucking try it. Man, I raged so much <laughs> because of that camera. That camera, I said, the game was quite fun, other than the camera. The camera made it so difficult to do the most mundane of tasks. So fucking annoying. So I'm going to call out Tenchu on that. I haven't seen the, what the other Tenchus do, but you need a more free-flowing camera than the fucking busted shit they've got. But, mm. but the other reason is just how frustrating they are. Like, dogs... Realistically, dogs in video games, once you've figured, it, figured them out and in the specific game they're in, you can generally deal with them pretty quickly. They're still frustrating, but you can deal with them quickly mm. once you once you figured it out. But it's to do with the frustration of it. Like... I'm going back to this game because I fucking love it, but both the Genichiro boss fight in the middle of the game and mm-hmm. the final boss fight, probably they both took me, the first one probably took me an hour to an hour and a half, and the second one took me two and a half hours to complete. I had you fun the entire fucking time. Well, you know it's not a fucking From Software game unless it's got dogs. Yeah. And so, a fucking poison swamp. Yeah, the the point is and more. And a poison swamp. Yeah, so for it, me, it, 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 
stuff that feels more unfair or frustrating rather than stuff that's hard. Actual ads challenge rather than ads. Yeah. Like, um, if you hated the fucking, the dogs and the Capra Demon fight, welcome to most of the boss fights in fucking Dark Souls 2. I've it's just like, you have the Dark boss. Souls are uh, very ad dependent. So you have the boss itself not so challenging, and then it has ads. The only reason the boss fights are particularly difficult is because you have to deal with crowds <coughs> rather than a boss. You do get that one-on-one fight every now and then, but most of the fights that I can remember are just full of ads. But, like, the, the dogs I really want to call out are in Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3. So these dogs have a slight unpredictability to them in the event of their AI pathing is I need to run at you, but if you, like... Especially when you're dealing with claustrophobic scenarios like you're running in a hole and the only real way to deal with the dogs is you have to you know you take a shot at it and then they get down they they fall down you can't deal with dogs in a fast method unless you have a real powerful gun up front otherwise you have to shoot them once wait for them to get down and then due to the camera angle system like sometimes the dogs fall out of sight so you have to rely on sound cues. So you hear the dog go, uh, and then he hears, Grrr, which means they're standing back up, which means you can now take another shot to get them back down. Because if you shoot at them when they're down, you're just going to miss. Oh, okay. Unless you run right up to them and then shoot them. And even then, like, that could, like, become a scenario in which the dog gets up and once you shot them, they've gone for an attack. But the really annoying aspect of the dogs in Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 is that they have a very weird turning circle in which when you run, running up to them or running past them, they will try to... They'll only attack you on a straight... Like, on a straight attack. They can only run at you, jump for attack because their attacks are a leap. They leap at you attack. Right, so they need to so, do a straight jump to attack. It needs to, it needs to be running straight at you. So when the dogs, uh, when you're running past the dog, or you, you've run past it, the dogs will run into the wall for like a good second and a half, and then all of a sudden just like turn on a dime and they're running straight at you again. I've experienced it multiple times in the Resident Evil series. It's like there's running, running into a wall, and they've attacked me. What the fuck? It's like fuck off you dogs like if if i could deal with them in such a way that i don't need to use a powerful weapon to waste actual like valuable amu like powerful ammunition to kill them then i would like just try and like dodge them all the time you know i just won't fucking bother because if i can get around them then i would like sitting there trying to take shots at them literally takes too long like up to like 10 to 15 seconds to kill a dog or if you've got like a shotgun, you run up close, you can get it in about five seconds. But there is no quick way of killing dogs in the early Resident Evil series without either using really good ammunition or just avoiding them altogether. In which their running paths are just so fucking annoying. Like usually you can go, okay, I'm going to run here. But then it's like there's one scene in Claire's campaign where you're going down to the sewers, and when you come back up, there's two dogs in this uh, L-shaped pathway. 
So yeah, and, you're running and I'm down because of the fixed camera angles. You can only ever see one half of the. So it, the fact, like, I know they are there. Yeah. That's not the issue. The issue is when I'm run. So they've got two dogs at each end of this L-shaped pathway. So once you get up, you can pretty much run past the first dog. But since the other dog hasn't seen you and hasn't aggroed, it will be at a random place on the other side of that L-shaped hallway. And usually when you see it, you've already decided whether you're going to run left or right in this, like on the, on the bend. And there's like a chance that the dog could just be on the left or right any side of the way. But if you run into it, you are going to get hit. And that, that's an aspect of the camera angle. But at the same time, it's the dog's pathing, which is randomized because it hasn't aggroed yet. It's just running, it's walking around in a circle. It's just a matter of what circle, what aspect of that arc in that circle he's at to you're either running into him or you're running around him. And even then, like they can still jump on the spot, which is annoying. They can jump and attack you on the spot. Ah, but yeah, fucking hate dogs, enemy dogs. Some there's some dogs in video games, which is all right. I wouldn't say it's like, ooh, fantastic. But yeah, just enemy dogs in general. So I'm with you on that one. But Alex. What is your most hated enemy? I got two for you. Ooh. See, the I first feel like one, I've come unprepared. Mm, the, the first one, uh, you have a little bit of experience with as well, Kenny, because we're, we're experiencing a couple of them in our DMC playthrough. And Please it's enemies. Flying you, enemies. No, it's not flying <sighs> enemies. But they're, they're a close third. Uh, mm-hmm. It's enemies that ignore stagger. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck them. Well, so I mean, they're, they're... I'm I'm in two halves about that. Like, if some enemies didn't ignore, you need to have some enemies that ignore stagger. Otherwise, some fights are just trivial. Hmm. Like, but like, mm, we're talking like for in DMC five, there's this one enemy which is like has two meat cleavers, and once you've st- actually staggered them in some way, shape, or form, they will come at you with an unstaggerable state. Now, the good thing about DMC is when they swing, you can parry these swings. Like, as I was workshopping last night with Alex, like, I was using the parries that I was doing against this enemy, even in his unstaggerable state, to basically roll a combo and trivialize the experience. The problem is, though, when you have multiple of that enemy without staggerable states. Because if I want to focus on an enemy and trivialize their attack patterns, I have to fight pretty much one at a time. Because if I stagger like a group of three of them, they are all going to come at me with different attack timings to which I cannot attack or be near <coughs> at all. Yeah. Well, that, that reminds me uh, of a somewhat similar but also opposite uh, experience, specifically mm. in Darksiders. About halfway through the game, you come across a certain type of enemy that their attacks just flat out ignore your block. You cannot guard against anything they do. So they go through armor, pretty much. Not not only through armor, but your dedicated block button that you've been trained to use for the entire first half of the game. Okay. It's like... So it flips a mechanic on its head. Yeah, it, it ignores the mechanic... Okay, 
So, that was actually a part of a essay I did for my uni course was on Darksiders, and that was one of the flaws that was brought up. Another weird coincidence is I happened to be, as proof of saying it's got similar issues, I was citing someone else's article on another game that had similar issues, which is one of the earlier God of Wars. Yeah. The thing is, the article I was citing was written by my tutor and the person who was grading the paper. Mm. So you got a really good grade on there, I guess? <laughs> yeah, He's because like, I'm man, citing I know the his feeling. stuff. I'm citing his stuff in my essay that he's marking. Yep. Oh man, this is a this is a good student. I like this one. He yeah, knows like, what he's talking it was, about. Oh shit! It was the week one readings as well. Was his um was because we did the same course. Yeah. It was the week one readings <laughs> as well. Was his uh yeah his case studies. Well, that was one of them. I actively looked for some other ones because I wasn't actively looking for his. I was going, oh, I'll have to see what other stuff he did around this because it seems pertinent to what I'm doing. But I was also independently looking up some other stuff and some of the other stuff I found was also written by him. Mm. Anyway, so unstaggerable enemies you really dislike yeah. fighting. Yeah. Un- unstaggerable enemies fucking... Do you have an example of an ex- unstaggerable enemy that you hate? Uh, yeah. The fucking purge troopers in Star Wars. Oh, I remember them. Yeah, remember those fuckers? And the Wampers as well in the DLC. Where they just fucking football spike you into the ground. Because their own <laughs> oh, yeah, melee attack is a fucking that. grapple. And straight up like an AFL umpire at the beginning of the match, just spiking <laughs> the ball in the air. <laughs> it's yeah, so hilarious though. Like I you, fucking I- Hate like there was one words. one part in our playthrough where you just get chain spiked like yeah fucking he gets spiked off the ground before he even gets up properly like the other ones grabbed him for another spike uh makes me want to go back to shit punting kids context <laughs> context all right <laughs> so, in the star wars playthrough there are obviously little fucking um shit i forgot they're called they're not are they jar yeah the jawas the little jawas <laughs> Uh, the grapple for the little Jawas is uh, you pick them up by the hood, electrocute them, and then shit punt them across the room. Yeah, and they make the most funniest like little noises ever. It's yeah, fucking something great, like that. It's great. Watch the playthrough; it should be going you, up yeah. soon. I guess you're just gonna have to watch the. It's still it's still going up. Oh, it's still going up. Is it going up? Yeah. Yeah. But that particular part there should be going up soonish. Yes. Yeah. Uh, second fucking most hated enemy is enemies in uh, any sort of like fighting game or RTS that you can't attack from the front. You have to flank them in order to do damage. So I am dealing with an enemy like that in DMC4. One of the uh, the knights. So the knights are basically just armor, like demonic armor being powered and they've got a shield. So if like you hit the shield... Like, when they pull out their shield and block your attack, they will just punch you with the shield and then stab you with the fucking skewer thing. And mm. it's so fucking annoying because they'll just pull it up mid-combo. And it's like, well, I'm fucked now. Like, yeah. I gotta, the only way to get to them is just jump on their heads behind them, attack them. That's the only way to get around that. Or use a, like, powered ability to destroy the actual shield. Hmm. And we're going to experience them very soon in DMC5 as well. 
all glorious. Yes, indeed. So is that a topic done? Yes, it is. I believe so. All right, so let's go on to what we've got ready for the channel. So let me just pull the channel up, actually, because I'm pretty sure we have some things that are already finished. Oh, hold up. Bam. YouTube channel. So I'm pretty sure Sekiro is completely finished. Uh, yes, it is. Bayonetta is almost finished. What else do we have? Valkyria Chronicles, uh, Pokemon Emerald Randomizer, and Star Wars are still going up. Right now, me and Alex are in the middle of recording Devil May Cry 5 for you guys, so that's going to be fun. I'm fucking loving it. And that's pretty much going on the channel. Like, Beta is always finished. Valkyria and Pokemon have a ways to go. Because, a long ways to go. Like, obviously... I think Pokemon Emerald would finish much earlier than Valkyrie Chronicles 4. Mm. Because how far are we through the game already? What, through Valk 4? Yeah. We're still, like, in the tutorial. Jesus. Like, we're like, still in... The... Is that because... I don't count the game actually starting until... I don't want to spoil it, but I'll let you know. All right. So, um, okay. let's have a look at our Valk Chronicles. We have... In the pipeline, we have like 30 episodes in the pipeline. <laughs> I think the mission we're up to now is what I would call the tutorial boss. And then we get to, into the real game. Just to put that in perspective, Valkyria Chronicles and uh, Bayonetta both lasted about 30 episodes. We're up to 30 episodes in Valkyria Chronicles and uh, apparently tutorial boss, he says. Yeah, like we're up to chapter eight. I think there's like 21 chapters in the game. But chapter eight is what I would call the final tutorial boss. All right. So, or like I said, Bayonetta is almost finished. Uh, Devil May Cry is going to be a fairly quick series. Mm. Like, we've already done like three We're halfway hours. through in one recording session. Yeah. yeah. Or one and a half recording sessions. Yeah. So the first that's about half like, of the recording session was yeah. uh, us like, getting everything working. Oh fuck me, man! That was a, that was a struggle <laughs> with with An hex absolute values. struggle. I'm, I'm like ninety percent sure we've we've specified that any recording sessions you guys do without me just doesn't work. Yes, yes we've actually referenced that <laughs> in this because, like, it's like I don't think it because I don't think because Jane's good luck. I just think it's because we're cursed. <laughs> yeah. It's just like when me and Alex do anything, shit shits its own shitting bed. Yep. Yeah, like, but I'm talking that makes like sense. Like Bayonetta having fucking graphical issues because of the game. Of the um, resolution being too high. Of the resolution being too high. Then we have what other games did me and Alex do? Um, we did um Actually, that's just it. Star Wars. Oh, yeah, no. Oh, Star, Star Wars, Wars, yes. Uh, where I Kenny would either get game audio or cutscene audio, not both. Yes. And so we had to roll the gacha for whichever one it was. And then for some reason on our last recording, both happened. Both happened. Yeah, because I yeah. uninstalled and reinstalled the game for, I think, the seventh time, and then it gave it to us. Yes, and now with Devil May Cry 3 running smooth as butter until DMC we got to 5. one part of the game. Yeah, DMC 5, my bad. Um, smooth as butter until we got to one part of the game, and then the game just fucking tanked. 
I'm talking single digit FPS. S games actual slowdown. Like the game when we got the FPS issue slightly fixed, so it wasn't stuttering, the game would be physically like h playing at half speed, which is even worse. And then with two days of tinkering with like recording through OBS and shit like that, finally got it to a setting that works. And I, I refuse to touch anything else on my PC until we are done recording which should hopefully be soon because we're already pretty much halfway through the game. In like, I'd say we've done about three hours of recording and we're pretty much halfway through the game. We're up to like the end of mission seven and there's like 20 missions in the game, the last two not being levels, but more fights. So yeah, so we're always, we're pretty much half done with Demo Cry 5. Uh, and then we need to discuss with Jaden with our next group playthrough, which uh, Alex has already put forward, I think a good idea, mm. which we'll talk off podcast because well, you got to find that out. You got you mm. to subscribe and stick to it. You got to go down to YouTube and subscribe to Oz Plays. That is A U S space P L A Y S exclamation point. I should make a jingle for that. Ninety one point seven F F M. Ah, Oz Plays. You are quite welcome to do that. No, no, he's quite welcome to do that. Just, I'm not being involved. Neither am I. Oh, no, no, you guys don't have the music pizzazz that I possess to make this happen. I have, like, I have, like, all the skills in advertisement as well as production as well as music, and I'm going to make the best, like, fucking... Oh, play. I have a I drum I can do that, kit. too. I have a drum kit too, you know. I have a piano. You can't I play have... the piano. I've played that piano more than you've played that piano. Debatable. All right. all right. I'm just going to point out all the musical instruments in my room, just in my room. So I have a ukulele. I have an acoustic guitar. I have a bass guitar. I have a six-string guitar, a seven-string guitar, two pianos, and a drum kit. I have a water bottle. <laughs> and, uh -huh. Anyway, so that's the end of this podcast. Thank you guys for joining us. And we'll see you guys hopefully on the channel and in next week's episode. So catch you guys later. Yes, see catch ya us. and have fun. No, don't have fun. Fuck you. Have, have babies. Hmm. Uh...